0: Be Brian.
1: And welcome back to the Counted Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Ahan Adahan Rungta on Twitter. We are continuing with baseball week today. We have former infielder for the Arizona Diamondbacks organization, Alex King. Alex, thank you so much for being here, spending your afternoon with us especially when the world is uh, kind of ending. So uh, yeah, thanks for being here. Just want to take care of the first order business. Uh, the most important question I'll ask you today is, how are you doing health-wise? I know you uh, were coping with an accident that happened to you recently. So how, how are you doing health-wise? Of
0: course, I'm, I'm good. Um, well, first off, I just want to thank you for having me. Um, we've been about a month since the injury, um, just a month and a couple days, and I'm actually doing really well. Uh, it's kind of a miracle how how everything's turned out um for everybody who doesn't know I was in a mountain biking accident um wasn't wearing a helmet, not really smart um but um fell, cracked my skull had a little- ble- bleeding in the brain um, but we're uh we're doing really good and I'm just excited to get back to my athletic lifestyle so uh, yeah. yeah. I'm feeling yeah,
1: good. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome to hear that you are You definitely sound healthy um, and great to know that you are actually healthy. And speaking of the athletic lifestyle, it I'm sure it hasn't been the same over the last several months for you. Uh, we'll talk about your career as a baseball player in a minute, but how are you coping with quarantine, uh, just both mentally and physically, outside of just recovering from the accident? Just how's the, the program been going for you? Are you getting used to the lifestyle of not being on an everyday professional routine anymore, stuff like that?
0: Yeah, it's kind of weird having, you know, free time in the summer. I haven't had a summer like, uh, you know, when June 1st hit, it kind of hit me. You know, I haven't had the month of June to do nothing, to be able to go to the lake, to be able to go, you know, swimming with you know friends, whatever, whatever it is. I haven't had that since I believe it was like seventh grade was when I started doing travel ball, um, which had to have been. Close to 10 years ago if not longer 12 years ago or so Mm -hmm. Um, so it's kind of refreshing you know I was able to go to the pool yesterday hang out just relax and and take in the summer before I really start um, working and coaching doing it whatever I'm gonna do Um, but it's it's been really nice doing that Um, with quarantine you know I'm a gamer that's always how I've been Um, I stream on twitch a little bit and over the last month I haven't been able to do it too much but Either way, you know, I've I've been good during quarantine. I've been able to sit here and play my video games, watch my Netflix. Uh, I'm set. I got my computer in the basement. I'm I'm good. So quarantine hasn't been too bad for me. I'm not going insane yet, um, but I'm starting to, you know, just with the last month not be able to do much. Uh, you know, before the accident, I was able to get outside, ride my bike, go hit, go throw. Um, that was you know a way to get some fresh air. But now I haven't been able to do that, so it's been kind of tough. Um, but, you know, we're we're slowly getting back, in, back into it, and I'm just excited to be able to do something other than baseball uh, from an athletic standpoint uh, when we get back outside.
1: Right. And I want to start talking about the elephant in the room. So recently you got released from the Diamondbacks, and shortly after you announced your decision to retire from baseball. So could you just go into a little bit about what went into the decision to retire and sort of... What brought you to this point, whether you envisioned that it was going to happen, uh, how long you've been thinking about it, um, just what led up to the point you're at right now?
0: Of course. Um, so it all kind of started last year. Um, I was in Visalia, California, in, in our high A, uh, Visalia Rawhide, and we, I, I played a decent amount. There were points throughout the season where guys would get hurt, and as a utility player like myself, you know, I'd fill in voids wherever there was, it was necessary beginning of the year I was playing a lot of third base and filling in there and then our first baseman got hurt and I started playing first base almost every day and things were looking up I started hitting well um, you know all of that you know the stars were aligning for me and then our first baseman came back and I was back to bouncing around he kind of just got his spot back Um, I thought I had earned it but apparently I didn't so you know back to back to earning your spot again and that's kind of when baseball started to take a toll on me mentally. Um, I started beating myself up, thinking I wasn't good enough. Why am I here? You know, wh- What's my purpose? All of that. We ended up going uh, – we won the first half and the second half in the Northern Division, dominated in the playoffs. But for me, I never saw the field. I was a bench guy. I was there just in case. I had one instance where I got my helmet on and batting gloves on, and I was maybe going to pinch hit for a lefty but they left the righty in and um, I never got my chance. So, you know, I, I never saw the field. It was kind of depressing, but of course I'm getting a ring and we won the championship and we just dominated. It was great. Um, But coming home after that, I just didn't have the same drive that I used to. Uh, That was my first glimpse of not playing every day, not being one of the star players you know, I went through high school, college, all of that, like everybody else who's drafted. You know, you're the best of the best. So, um, it, it was kind of, you know, it's kind of humbling uh, getting to that stage. So, this off season, I worked out a lot, lost some weight, and then just lost my drive and um, put some more weight back on. Just kind of, again, just never really had a purpose to my training.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, moved down to Arizona in January to try and. I guess give a rebirth to my career and um, we go down there and I tried to hit and I I'd, I'd been battling a wrist injury that affected me more. So I went back to the rehab and um, I was basically rehabbing all spring and things just didn't work out. Of course, COVID came into the picture and with there probably not being a minor league season this year, alongside the wrist, alongside the head injury, it, right everything just lined up. um, And it's just my time. Um, I'm engaged. I got a beautiful fiance, Jess. We're ready to start our lives. And with minor league baseball, it's almost impossible to settle down in the off season, have any sort of life um, and maintaining a marriage from distance is really hard. Um, I've seen it firsthand. And with some of my teammates, you know, trying to have the wives travel, especially when the kids come into the picture in minor league baseball, it's, it's impossible because you don't know when you're going to get moved. You don't know if something's going to happen. You get released, then you're moving halfway across the country with a kid. It's just difficult. So I I figured I'd take this opportunity. Thank everybody who's helped me get to this this point in my journey, but my time has come and you know, my gut is just telling me, you know, move on. You got your degree. Let's go make some real money uh, in the real world and get your life started.
1: Right. And As we know, baseball can be an unpredictable game and uh, sometimes half the battle is just figuring out when your time is. So definitely understandable, but sometimes maybe it can be a little tough to talk, uh, sort of look back and talk about it, but sort of what are some of the things you enjoyed most about looking back at your playing career? Is there anything uh, in your professional career that surprised you? I know the everyday grind can be sort of tough sometimes, um, but what are some of the things you look back on and say, those are the things that stood out to me the most?
0: Oh, man. I mean, back when I first started travel ball, I had two of, well, seventh and eighth grade, I had one coach and he was kind of the starting point for me. Um, He told me basically off to the side, you know, you're one of our best players, if not our best player. You have a chance to go pro in this. I can see it. I've seen guys like you do it. So let's do it. Like, let's get this grind going. And, you know, I, I that's when the grind started. Um, you know, I left daddy ball in sixth grade I was done with it I moved on and, and you know off we went going through uh, high school my freshman year I was more of a pitching prospect than anything um, but again once I started playing infield I got the bat in my hand my sophomore year I really started to explode so um, sophomore year I, I got my first taste of a champion's life uh, we won state the championship 17, nothing.
1: <laughs> our right. team
0: was absolutely stacked. It was ridiculous. <laughs> yep. Um, we had our shortstop was going to Kansas state. Our best pitcher was going to Slough, where I ended up going. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just a sophomore. I was hitting fourth and I was in the heart of that lineup still undecided on where I was going to go, but we had studs, like we were really good. So that was kind of a big driver for me. After that, I kind of took a leadership role in high school. Um, and that led all the way through college. Even as a freshman in college, I was able to start. And um, at shortstop, you have to be a leader. So that's another part where I want to take, you know, my leadership skills and, and from high school and take it in as a freshman. Um, it was hard, but, you know, we were good again in college. So uh, just the continued success through college was phenomenal. Um, but once you get to pro ball, it's, it's a different game. Um, every man for themselves, there's not really... At least in the minor leagues, it's not a there's not a big team energy that you get. Right. Um, it's just a different vibe. It's very chill. It's very relaxed. Even you know on a, a Tuesday is obviously you know you get 50 fans in the stands. It's kind of tough to get out there and give it your all, but it's no different than a Friday. Um, you know, you're still trying to earn a spot, you're still trying to make your way to the top. But the the coaches are much much more or less involved. Um, But when you need them, they're very hands-on. Really, whatever you need as a player, they're going to give it to you. Whereas in college, everything's set up for you. Everything, you know, practice is all – you practice more than you play almost. And in professionals, you hit BP every day, and then you play. It's very simplified, um, but it's all personalized to what you need. And I think that was the best part about professional baseball. But I wouldn't have been able to get there without everything I went through. In high school and college um, sure. so yeah
1: for sure and you mentioned uh, your college career as well as just the everyday grind once you become a professional so I want to use that to transition into something that's happening this week which is the draft and amongst several other things that's changing in baseball as you know the draft is only five rounds this year and you were one of the guys who are taking much later not in the top five rounds so <laughs> I just want to get your opinion on not only just the draft, but generally how baseball is reacting to change. And I know you've been following uh, the deals that's going on with the players and the owners, tweeted a little about, you tweeted a little bit about it as well. So what are sort of your opinions on the way baseball is reacting to the change? Are they approaching it the right way? And the way they treat minor leaguers as well. You've been in the minor leagues for several of years. Course, of course, So. It's tough to watch as a fan, baseball not coming back. You can maybe understand some of it. What's your perspective having been in those shoes?
0: You know, as somebody who has made less than minimum wage to play baseball, it's really hard to see everything that's going on with the owners more so than players. Um, I get it. It's a business at the end of the day. I mean, I graduated from SLU with a degree in sports business, so like this is right up my alley. Right. I understand everything that's going on. But at the same time, like you it's more than just a business. It's a it's it's a game and it's entertainment. It's an entertainment business and the fact that you know, Manfred, the commissioner's office, everybody there alongside the owners cannot get on board to pay a normal wage obviously prorated, but a normal wage, just like anybody else for these guys to come back and start playing. I mean, we know the TV deals are going to be huge. We know advertising is going to be huge. You know, there's, there's so much that can happen from a business standpoint from this, but it's just, it's limited. Now, of course, there's so much to it that I probably am uninformed on. um, But from a player's perspective, I'm not playing unless I'm getting paid my money. You know, I if I'm a big leaguer, I grinded through the minor leagues, you know, for probably more than three years, if not longer, Uh, you're, you're up here, you're already probably making minimum unless you're a big name dude. Um, You know, minimum is, I believe it's somewhere around 550,000. I'm not even sure on the exact number, 565,000. I think it is. Mm -hmm. Um, And you know, that with taxes it's a decent living wage. It's really good. Right. But you're entertaining people and you're working for these owners who are making billions and for you to take a pay cut. So billionaires can keep their money is just, it just doesn't make any sense. And with everything going on in the world, like we got to lend a helping hand somewhere or another. Uh, You see it now with everything that's happened with the riots, the protests, you know, there's outstanding problems in this world that need to be addressed first. But at the same time, like, People are, you, know, you see white people lending a helping hand to the black community. You see all sorts of people reaching out and helping during these times of need. And all you see from MLB owners and commissioner's office is selfishness in my eyes. Right. Um, it's tough to watch. And just like everybody else, I want baseball back, you know, to go back to the way it is. I don't care if there's fans in the stands or not. Obviously fans have an impact in the game, but um, you know, you see the, the KPO. I mean, that's so entertaining to watch. And they have stuffed animals sitting in, <laughs> right. in, in the seats behind home plate. Like, it's, it, it, we just need live sports back. I'm sick of playing video games all day to try and get that fix. You know, it's, right. So that, that's my two cents. It may not mean a lot because I haven't been in their shoes. But, like, even as a minor leaguer, you know, I'm, I'm required now that I'm released because you can't pay an extra you know I don't know what the math is, but we had like over forty guys get released, and I was getting paychecks every two weeks of a little over four hundred dollars or a little over, yeah a little four hundred dollars so um eight hundred times forty per month like you can't pay that yep. with your billionaire owners <laughs> like it, I just it blows my mind sometimes, but that that's my two cents and just, I just want them to be better. That's all. I don't really have any other words.
1: Yeah, it's it's certainly tough to watch. And from our perspective, uh, just putting in the simple math, it just doesn't add up to us. I know we don't know the specifics, but it just doesn't add up. It sort of looks like the owners offered a fifty dollar bill, and then they say, and then the players reject it, and then they say, here is five ten dollar bills. That's what it looks like to us. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's tough to watch. And sort of, I'll put you on the spot and ask you will baseball come back this season? Do you think, I mean, for us, it looks like it's bleak and bleak every day yet. The players are saying on social media, Oh, it's definitely going to come back. It's just disgusting to go through this process. And if it comes back, do you think that'll sort of be a recovery and people are going to forget about this back and forth? What's going to be the future of baseball based on what's happened this year?
0: Well, I can assure you that people will not forget what has happened this year. I mean, this is like once every thousand years, this kind of stuff happens and, you know, from a minor league standpoint, I knew when they canceled spring training and when this pandemic started spreading through, you know, late March, early April, I knew there was not gonna be a minor league season. From a financial standpoint, those most minor league teams do not do very well, which is why they move around, they sell, their mm-hmm. name changes all the time. Um, that That's just the unfortunate part of it. And I knew, you know, again, that was another indicator for me, you know, I'm probably on the outside looking in here from spring training and it's another sign that I should probably retire and move on either way. um, Sorry. We were talking major league season. Um, It's tough. We're at June 9th right now. We're still working on deals. It's, it's tough. It's tough to say. And I hate to see them play, a 50 game season and be like oh like you know we do like a tournament style a three game series kind of in, improvised playoff run i don't know they yeah. it's so hard because you will not forget the season I, i'm assur- i'm assuring you of that if there is a season it will not be forgotten and will it will almost be like a fake fill in season right. the champion won't be a true champion you know you play 162 games for a reason because baseball, you can play every day, and it really shows who the best team is. Like the Nationals last year, and mm-hmm. you know, they started out rough, but in the end, with their veteran leadership, they pulled that on top, on top of the cheating Astros, of course, right. but yep. which was phenomenal. But they they were the true champion, and I'll bet you if that season happened this year, those Nationals would even be in the playoffs. Yeah, because you're just playing like it's such a game of highs and lows over weeks of time. And there's so much that goes into it mentally, you know, as a player, as a team that it's so hard to judge who a true champion would be in 50 games. Um, I think if we were to have something that goes through the end of October and we're playing down south in Miami and Arizona and wherever, I think you could you could argue that, you know, okay, this is a real deal. But we're talking maybe you know, three double headers a week with seven inning games, you know, we're, we're improvising again and it's just, it's all because it all roots from the owners and the the commissioners. I'm just not a fan of MLB right now yep. and everything is going on. I just, you know, I'd rather see a wiffle ball league between big leaguers <laughs> right now than freaking MLB hosting this ridiculous sort of proposal that they have. It, it's just, it's tough to watch again, but. I think if there is a season, it's not going to be validated like every other season is. Yeah.
1: The move's really got to be alumni from every team just play a wiffle ball game. I'd watch that.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm, <laughs> I I uh, I actually reached out recently to Blitzball and um, Sweet, ball, Sweet Sweet Spot Ball, mm-hmm. um, which are two wiffle ball companies. I don't know if you've, you've probably heard of Blitzball, but Sweet Spot is a newer one. Yep. Um, I'm going to have a YouTube video coming out soon on that. But, um, yeah, I'm going to start looking at all sorts of – different baseball stuff that you know is entertaining because everybody's digging it everybody needs live IRL baseball content and I, I'm a fan of Emily the show as well but the game sucks
1: it's <laughs> yeah. literally yeah.
0: so so hard to play yeah and I just I'm I've started playing super mega baseball and that game sucks, too, for me. I mean, it's more fun than it will be the show. But, like, I just need baseball in any way possible. And I'm sure everybody's on the same board. If I'm like that, then I'm sure a ton of other people would be like that as well. Yeah.
1: And uh, speaking of which, that transitions into some of the fun stuff. So I definitely want to get to that, some of the less grim stuff. So <laughs> you uh, you stream video games. Uh, as you said, you uh, took a little bit of a break for a few weeks for for obvious reasons. But uh, you're sort of coming back to the video game scene on str- uh, on stream. And you have a YouTube channel. And uh, I saw recently you uploaded some reactions to cricket, uh, Mm -hmm. which was a real flashback for me. I used to follow cricket very closely, um, but then I became more of a baseball fan because just better. Um, Of course. But uh, yeah, so how did you decide uh, sort of to get into the the YouTube, the Twitch Twitch, uh, sort of grind? And uh, what are your goals sort of uh, coming up now that you have, I guess, a little more time now that uh, you're not playing professionally?
0: Well, I guess I should start by the origin of the name Rex. Um, that started my junior year of college. So my freshman and sophomore year, I hit one home run combined. It was like second week in my freshman year. They had We were facing North Florida, and I just got a fastball up and just put it just in front of the, the left field foul pole, um, just over the fence. And it was just like a little wall squeaker. Um, but I got it. I wasn't a power hitter, per se, is what I'm trying to get at. In junior year – our first game, I hit two home runs. Like I, I hit ninth. I put down a bunt, a sacrifice bunt in the first inning or second inning, whatever it was. And then my next two at bats, I just hit mammos, like mammos, Like they were, (laughs) it was, I hadn't felt that since high school and it was so cool to feel. Um, But I came back in after my second one they were like, who the hell is this guy? This isn't Alex. (laughs) Like they're like, this is, this is Rex the Rex Bing, and you know, I was like, okay, like, I like that. And so since then they started calling me Rex and I always had this personality on the field. Um, I know this is, I'm stealing a question from maybe in the future, but yeah. you're asking who my favorite player is. Uh, Nolan Arenado. I kind of feed off him, his energy, like I think he was wearing the father's day unis when he had the bloody face and he, yeah. there's a picture of him screaming. Like yeah. that's, that's Rex, right? right? Alex is, I'm an introvert off the field. I'm, I'm usually, I, I, I can speak for my own, you know, I'm pretty well versed, but I, I'm not really one to be crazy off the field. But once you get me on the field, I start to go crazy. So um, that's where the name originated. Um, and I actually started streaming my senior year of college. That was right when Fortnite came out, and I was—I just bought a PC, and I was—I was pretty nasty. I'm not gonna lie; like I—I I was pretty damn good back in the day, um, before the twelve-year-olds bought G Fuel and started <laughs> it up their nose. Like <laughs> it's, <laughs> there's—it's ridiculous now. I—I've uninstalled I've un- the game. I used to get so angry over it, but either way, um, that's where the streaming started. And then, of course, once I got drafted, I started to plug that, and it's kind of taken off actually in the last year or so, ever since I've moved from Fortnite and bigger games down to MLB the show, um, you know, I've gone from having close to two or 300 followers to now almost 900 followers, um, just in the last year, um, the sub count is creeping up there. So everything's good with that. And for me, that's just an escape. You know, I enjoy talking to my viewers, probably the biggest attraction for people when they come to my chat you know i i try to make everybody feel included whether you're a sub or not you know if you say something and you say hi and you know, i'm gonna say hey back um and i'm more here for the social aspect than i am for the video games um, sure. so that's been a good escape for me it's fun for people to reach out to a minor leaguer ask them questions and all that kind of stuff now the youtube is something that um is interesting I don't know if you know who draft neck Mark is pretty big YouTuber and in the baseball world, he had come into my chat. I was just starting to play only the show and he came into my chat, introduced himself, said, you know, know, this is, this is what I do. And I was like, Holy shit. Like this guy has a hundred.
1: Yeah.
0: Actually at the time he had like 50,000 subscribers, which is still a decent amount, but it's not crazy. Um, and so he shot me a message when he came down to Arizona for that year for spring training. And I hung out with him and, um, wheels was there. Healy, Healy six was there. And Antonio the aunt Ortiz was there and they're, they're kind of the homies. And, uh, I got introduced to introduce them and they basically just said, you need to do YouTube. Um, and finally they came again, this spring training told me again, I need to do it. And I caved. So I started it and, uh, you know, it's been kind of taken off from there. Um, Mark actually told me to react to baseball TikToks, <laughs> which I did. And I hated it because right. I hate TikTok. But um, that kind of led me to the reaction phase. And for some reason, it popped in my head that I should do cricket. And I did. And the video, you know, my, my average views was like less than 1,000. It was like a couple hundred. And I got 30,000 views on that video. Yep. And I was like, holy shit, like I can do this. I really can Yeah. And so I did another one and I, I don't even know what the number is. I can look at it real quick, but I, it was over a hundred K for sure. And that's when I knew I was like, all right, we got to do this. Um, it's not exactly what I want to do with my YouTube. I want to start moving more into other stuff, but it's, it's definitely, I mean, it's helping me take off. I'm at eight and a half thousand subscribers and I, I don't know i have less than 20 uploads you know it, it's pretty cool to see that that rise like that but the cricket stuff is interesting for me um and you know it it is helping the youtube quite a bit so i enjoy it and it's just something to do and it, it helps with a little bit of supplemental income during these times as well so for sure yeah
1: yeah and somebody was trying to argue with me the other day that cricket has no international reach and i was like that I, I try to give them some data, but that's that's an example right there. I mean, you're get getting so many views just from a from a cricket video, which makes a lot of sense. Uh, but yeah, um, anything exciting you have uh, planned that you can tell us about for either Twitch, YouTube, something new you're going to try? I know you play like literally every video game on Twitch. Yeah. Uh, but uh, any exciting uh, things you want to try new that's going on? We're going to have, for the listeners, we're going to have uh, Alex's social media, Twitch, YouTube, everything in the description. So make sure you check it out. But uh, yeah, anything new coming up?
0: Well, I'm I'm thinking I'm going to try and get back to streaming here soon. Um, just in general, um, I've actually been playing quite a bit of old Call of Duty, mm-hmm. which is my favorite series of all time. Um, I have misplaced my games, but luckily my... My uncle-in-law, soon-to-be uncle-in-law, has some old 360 games. I've been playing Black Ops 2 Zombies. And, uh haven't
1: heard I'm, that in a while.
0: Oh, my gosh. Well, I was the king of Die Rise, which was a DLC map. And I'm currently on f- round 57 on that map, and I'm paused. I played yesterday. I played a little bit this morning, but I'm uh, grinding that out. I think we'll see some of that on the channel um, for Twitch I've been playing a lot of Call of Duty Warzone. That's a that's a must right now. It's good. Um, another game I'm really good at is Rocket League. I've been playing that for close to f- f- four or five years now, um, and I love that game. So we're going to see a variety on the Twitch. Um, I, we might try some franchise on and it'll be the show. But again, I just I really struggle playing that game. I have no drive to play that game. It's really dry for me now. So unfortunately as the case, but, um, YouTube wise, we're going to see some more baseball stuff coming out. We're going to be reacting to some other sports as well. Uh, I think that stuff can start to blow up and, uh, it, it, any way to get those numbers up, get those subscribers up. Um, I think we're going to see some success there and um, hopefully turn this into a full-time gig with the support of you guys. And, um, I'm just excited for what's in the future and it's going to be
1: good. I'm I'm excited too, and you mentioned MLB the Show. I mean, if there was baseball going on, I probably would not be playing MLB the Show every day. But my my uh, competition for MLB the Show is 2K and Madden. So yep. uh, yeah, I'm going MLB the Show on that one. Um, yeah, we, sh- we should definitely play sometime. I'm I'm nice, but I'll get frustrated and give up. <laughs> it's gonna be fun. Of course. Uh, uh, now before we let you go, appreciate you again for sticking around with us. But uh, Quick lightning round. Uh, I know you answered the first one already. Mm-hmm. Favorite baseball player. Uh, you have any other ones besides Nolan Arnato I mean, Nolan Arnato everybody loves him. You, you got to love him. But any other ones?
0: Well, I mean, another third baseman back in the day when he was in his prime was Evan Longoria. I'm not sure why to this day, why he was one of my favorites. He was just, you know, your typical white guy. I don't, I don't even know where he's from, but he just seemed like a a Kansas white guy. Like he just <laughs> went out there with his tape and his – natural grain bat He just was raw he was you know didn't really have to have a lot of flair to him he just hard-nosed third baseman played the game hard and came up clutch when it was necessary so he was kind of my older guy and now it's Arenado same kind of story he he does have some swag but it's like mellow swag like he's got that teal on his batting gloves and his cleats I love that Um, and just the way he plays he just seems hard-nosed and I love that out of a player
1: Yeah, as somebody who grew up not liking the Rays at all, it's hard to hate uh, Longoria. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, (laughs) Yeah, he's good. Your uh, favorite baseball moment um, in your career?
0: Um, Probably winning the A10 championship and getting to go to Ole Miss for the regional in college my senior year. Kind of, I wouldn't say carry the team, but I was a big part of that. I mean, I had 15 bombs my senior year. It was just a phenomenal season. Uh, We got to cap it with. You know, taking this team to a regional for the, you know, it's it's hard to go a regional with a, a mid-major like a uh, slew coming out of the A10. So right. that was fun and playing on ESPN. It was just phenomenal.
1: Uh, how about the toughest pitcher you've ever faced? Uh, I know nothing <laughs> comes easy in the pros, but uh, the toughest one you can think of.
0: Well, are we talking rehab or minor leaguer? Because
1: uh, either anybody I'll, necessarily I'll we've heard of, both. maybe somebody we we. Hadn't heard of somebody
0: well, to you've heard Johnny Cueto. Um, oh, yeah. I faced him at home. He came with the San Jose Giants on a rehab and he threw two fastballs up and away, four seams. And then, you know, he he gave me a little wiggle two zero and threw <laughs> a sinker that moved about six inches. And uh, I barely ticked it and rolled over a third baseman. But that's not what you want to do 2 0. Um, I only saw three pitches, but I knew that his stuff was gross. He knew where everything was going, and his, his sinker just moved like I've never seen before. Um, minor leaguer, again, from high A, it was Logan Gilbert. I think I was like two for 28 against him or something just ridiculous. Um, I mean, he was so hard to hit. Had a high-rising fastball that just carried, and it was firm. He was tall, so he reached out. Um, he's going to be a stud for them coming up here in the future. I think he'll make his appearance in the next couple of years, especially with that Mariner staff yeah. um, the way that it is. So, yeah, I'm excited to see him do, do his thing.
1: And you somewhat answered this already, but uh, some of your favorite video games, either all-time, present, if you could play one video game sort of right now, maybe one that's not not around anymore, bring it back. What are you playing?
0: Modern Warfare 2, easy, easiest remaster ever. And if you don't mess it up like you did, the Modern Warfare remastered with all the camos and the pay-to-win stuff, um, with new new weapons, you've got a great game. I don't even care about noob tubing. Just bring it back. I need it. I need it.
1: <laughs> you're, uh, and I know you mentioned uh, Giraffe Neck Mark. It feels weird to call somebody an OG when you're one of 5,000 subscribers, but now he has. 151,000. So yeah. I'm gonna claim I'm an OG of Joe Nickmark Mark. Any other uh, YouTubers, streamers uh, that uh, you enjoy watching? Uh, favorite entertainers? Do you even watch a lot of others?
0: Yeah, no, I do definitely. Um, I'm big on YouTube, so I watch a lot of YouTube videos. I pay for my YouTube Premium. Um, I, I, <laughs> I actually I play a lot of Rainbow Six Siege now um, on PC. So that's a good one. I like watching. You know. I don't know if you've seen the clickbaity titles of how a champion plays ranked or right. champion, burning champions and ranked like that kind of stuff. I, I enjoy like watching those. Um, Gomez has been a big one for me. GMZ is his name. Um, I like watching him, but in terms of Twitch, a lot, I like to watch daddy Demu. Uh, he was kind of my OG. It'll be the show streamer. Right. Um, Shelfie's another one I enjoy. And he's been a kind of a mentor for me as well. Um, Helped me out with some big boy raids as well. Um trying to think of who else. I like watching Summit a lot, Shroud, of course. used to watch Ninja before he kind of went on his tear of blowing up, yeah, uh, before he went to mixer. But you know, you can find me watching almost anything video game related. Um, it's what I obsess over and in the future, if streaming and YouTube doesn't work out or even just now, I, I, eSports is something I'm definitely interested in looking into um it's you know again i live and breathe video games uh, even when i was playing baseball i would come home and i'd watch video games all day and i play video games i got a gaming laptop i can take on the road with me and uh, it's it, it it's yeah it, it's something that i strive to get involved with yep. and i'm excited for the future of esports as well because it's something that this pandemic could use for sure like yeah it's the easiest, most logical business opportunity that you can think of right now. It's the only sport that's going to be available, readily available. You can play online with a decent internet connection um, and, and you can compete at a professional level. So it, it, I'm excited for that for sure.
1: And speaking of esports uh and baseball, I know MLB the show is uh, not necessarily the best game out there, but uh, you think the players league is something that, will happen every year going forward even if the season starts on time do you think that's something that's going to happen before or after the season
0: um you know <laughs> i didn't actually watch the players league Fair i enough. i was kind of butthurt that they didn't include any sort of minor leaguers again i get it it's marketing and you know you got to do your major leaguers first they're the money makers and all of that but for the d-backs you know, John Duplantier, he he struggled, um, and I just would have loved to compete on that level. Um, so I was kind of boycotting it. But I do – I don't know. I don't think it will come back because, you know, unless there is a strike next year and we don't have a 2021 season, I just – I don't see it coming back because the the format and the way that they went about hosting it was kind of weird to me
1: i agree oh, I, yeah i felt
0: like the formatting was weird and it just they didn't they, they tried to have robert flores commentate over it It just they tried to force too much to be like mlb instead of making it its own esport yep. in a sense fair um, enough i think baseball could be an esport but the way they went about doing it they just were uninformed um and i would have loved to help help them
1: out um yeah so. definitely yeah, yeah I'm, a, sure. I'm a Red Sox fan myself. I had to watch, uh, watch Eduardo Rodriguez. That was, yeah. You're complaining about John Duplantier. I had to watch <laughs> Eduardo Rodriguez. Uh, but, uh, yeah, just to finish it off, uh, you, you have any other uh, activities outside of video games that uh, maybe you picked up recently or just you enjoy in general outside of baseball that we might not know about?
0: Uh, I mean, now you know about it, but it's mountain biking. Right. Um, I grew up mountain biking with my dad. He's a cyclist. Um, and I, I love downhill. I love the, you know, going to like Whistler is the dream. It's uh, Whistler bike park in uh, Montreal, it, Mo- not Montreal, Vancouver, outside of Vancouver. Um, it's like an hour outside of Vancouver. And it's one of the, it's the arguably the best bike park in the summer in the country. It's known for that outside of skiing more so. Um, and it's they got some huge jumps some really technical trails going down there that's just so fun to me it's exhilarating and um, you know it, it's of course it's a workout you don't really see a lot of fat people riding bikes down rails right. so um, it's it, you know it's it's good and it's something i'm really excited to get into because that's something i couldn't do with baseball i had to let that go in grade school um, and it's probably why i you know i had the confidence to do what i was doing on the mountain bike whenever i got hurt i don't really remember the incident but i had the confidence just not the ability because i haven't done it in a while so <laughs> that's uh, i look forward to getting back into that though and the, the injury is not going to keep me from that i'm you know i'm a daredevil at heart uh, always have been i've always pushed myself so that's i'm excited to get back on the on the bike for sure
1: and finally uh what does the future look like for you i know you're getting married so congratulations on that Exciting times coming up with a new family and also finally any words of uh, wisdom for people watching this young aspiring we got a lot of athletes watching or not watching hearing I don't know what they're watching but uh, (laughs) listening uh, but uh, any words for aspiring young players athletes in general anything you'd like to say to all those trying to get inspired. Well,
0: that. yeah, I mean, I've had a few DMs come out from some high schoolers and college kids, stuff like that, after my announcement. And um, I basically just have told them, you know, whatever your journey holds, uh, at least for baseball or whatever it is in life, if you give it your all and you truly have, when you when your time comes to be done, you might miss it a little bit, but you, internally you'll feel satisfied and you you will know that, you know, it is what it is. It's God's plan for me and uh, whatever comes next is going to be just as exciting if not more exciting than than what I was given. You know, I was lucky enough to play professionally for a couple of years. I, you know, played a really good Division 1 school, played for 4 years there, got my degree, you know. I, I have a pretty good setup compared to a lot of people, but even some of my high school friends and some college friends, you know, they said the same thing. They say if you give everything you have in the sport or whatever you're doing and you don't come out with the result you have, you will still be satisfied. Um, and that, that need will be, um, that need will be met. And, uh, again, whatever, whatever's ahead of you, keep those eyes forward. No need to look on the past. Um, and, and you will come out, you come out doing all right. So that's, that's my words of wisdom. And I'm, I'm kind of leading that life. I'm all, all eyes ahead, I got my blinders on just like a horse would, and uh, I'm ready for what's next.
1: For sure. Alex, or as as I could call you by your, I I hate to say it, even better name, Rexy. Thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you so much for spending your afternoon with us. Uh, For the listeners, uh, Alex's social media will be in the description. Thank you so much for spending your day with us. Yeah, thank you, Ahan.